the world leader in Internet Talk Radio. Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Now, for those of you who have been listening to this show for a while, you know that this is not a PC show. This is not politically correct. I give you my opinions. I look at things from a psychiatrist's perspective. I analyze the world, try to present it to you uh, from the viewpoint of looking at what people's motivations are for what they do. And there is nothing that um, is more important to put on my analytic couch today than to analyze Katrina. Katrina and the aftermath. The White House is saying we don't want to play the blame game. They want to move on. They want you to look at what they're doing now, now, days later for all these people and not to blame them for all the days and time that that went in between before help got in and for lots of other problems that there are still in Louisiana and Alabama and Mississippi. I know that a lot of you are listening from outside the United States, and I want to say that I am appalled. I'm appalled that the world is seeing what has gone on in America. I am shocked that this could happen in my own country, and in particular what I'm talking about is not the natural disaster of a hurricane. That happens all over the place. But the people's, a lot of people's responses to it, not only the government, not only the things that they have been doing wrong, and I'm going to talk to you about some of that, but the animals that some people turned into who were raping and murdering and taking advantage of all the other victims that there were, the people who, in my opinion, deserve to get the death penalty, and I don't say that lightly. I think when this is all over, I hope that these people who uh, have been the marauders, the people who have preyed on the other victims, will be found and will be given the just punishment that they deserve. We're going to talk today about uh, all of these different aspects of what's going on, and if you are sick to death of watching people uh, on the news say politically correct things, most of them, not all of them, uh, or just say things that are relatively superficial, if I have to look at one more person standing in in boots up to their knees in water, you know, um, furthering their career, um, I, I mean, it's hard to keep watching all of that on television. Obviously, I do want to say from the beginning that my heart goes out to all of the families who have lost um, loved ones, who who still are looking for their loved ones, um, those whose family members are are sick or dead or um, God knows where under all of that water. Um, you know, it's it's sad, of course, for anyone who has been injured or lost their life and the families of these people, um, but it is sadder for those who were injured or killed uh, or raped uh, in the while they were supposedly in places where they were supposed to be safe. Um, 
We're going to get into all of that. I do want you to um, call in if you have comments that you would like to make about this whole event, any aspect of it. If you're um, if you're also uh, listening to this and are somebody who is still looking for your relative or loved one or friend, do call in. We'll at least um, see what we can do to uh, see if anybody else who's listening happens to know their whereabouts. Of course, there are also places on the web that you can go to, um, sites that have been set up to find, uh, to get information about the hurricane, about the aftermath, about the people who are lost, and um, and to put your comments as well. Um, let's start with um, the fact and, and that how disasters like this bring out the best and the worst in people. And I will be telling you why I think, as a psychiatrist, that happens. Um, what goes into somebody who, on the one hand, is a, risks his life, uh, goes in a helicopter, risks his life to save somebody, goes in a boat, um, helps somebody, holds somebody, uh, carries somebody up to the attic. We've been hearing all kinds of wonderful stories. It's not all horrible. There is, you know, and of course now um, people help is flooding in or trying to get in from all over the United States. We're not a total disaster area here, so to speak. But... Um, but what what makes some people like that and what makes other people be the ones who uh, are preying on the same people who are in the same boat uh, so to speak as they are um my my uh memories of new orleans uh, i've been in that in that city numerous times i just wanted to share some some beautiful aspects of it with you in case you've never been there it's a beautiful city. It was a beautiful city. Let's hope it will be restored to being even more beautiful eventually. Um, I've been there several times for the American Psychiatric Association meetings and for NACB meetings, the National Association of Television Production Executives. Uh, numerous times these uh, organizations had uh, their annual meetings in New Orleans, and um, some of the things that I particularly remember about it um, was were the wonderful French food in the French Quarter, uh, the jazz cafes, really special and unique, the shopping, the architecture of the buildings, the beignets, which are these um, French-styled kind of uh, holes from the donuts. So it's um, uh, the, as if the inside of a donut um, would be made into the donut. I don't think I'm explaining that very well, but they're round circles of of, um, of cake covered in fried in a fried coating, really special and delicious. And there were some places in New Orleans where you could get a particularly um, good feast of beignets and coffee. And a, a very interesting aspect of the city, and I wonder how this. Uh, is playing out. Um, one of the times that I was there, I went on a vampire tour. No, I haven't lost my mind. <laughs> there really is or was such a thing, and it was really fascinating. It was a walking tour where um, a guide took us around to various houses uh, and places where uh, there were vampire stories, where there were stories of vampires having lived there, um, uh, I, I don't know if you believe in vampires. I don't know if I believe in vampires, but 
um, there were some very mysterious and entertaining stories of um, things that occurred in these particular uh, landmarks that the guide would bring us to. It was another side of New Orleans, and if there are vampires, I wonder how many of them <laughs> got out um, alive. Before the hurricane hit, that's where the problem actually began. We heard, I know um, many of you have heard in the news for days, days before the hurricane hit, that it was going to be bad, that it was going to be worse than anything that area had ever seen before. Why did more people not leave? That is the question. And yes, of course, you can say it's Monday morning quarterbacking that uh, people didn't realize it was going to be that bad. People wanted to stay and, and have the experience. I've heard some of those stories. They wanted to know what it was like to be in the middle of a hurricane. Well, now they know. Um, why didn't more people get out? You know, to some to some degree, it was denial. And this is a very important lesson where there are a lot of things that we can learn from this uh, disaster about potential future disasters in regard to terrorism because this is what it would be like. This is as unprepared as cities are all over the world, actually, but all over the United States. For those of us uh, who thought that things might be a little more organized if there were to be a terrorist attack, in one of our cities, um, you obviously can see that that is not the case. There is such poor coordination between the federal government, the state government, the city government, all of the agencies who are set up to take care of us when there is another terrorist attack. I mean, this is um, so much worse actually, than the nine, well, in some ways, I mean, in terms of some, the number of people, well, in terms of the number of people dead and in terms of um, the animals that people turned into. I mean, when there was the terrorist attack of 9-11, obviously that was a, a, a shocking and uh, horrendous attack on our country, um, and it was by people by malicious people, evil, I don't want to be, forget I said evil, I don't want to stoop to uh, what Bush calls them, but certainly people with malicious intent. And, um, but Katrina, you know, it was a natural disaster. We, to some degree, a lot of the deaths and devastation um, can be blamed on Mother Nature. Um, but, and, and that's, you know, just something that um, we have to accept. I mean, there's nothing that any of us could have done about the nature part of it. Um, and someday I'd like to do a show again about Gaia, uh, what Mother Nature is telling us when she attacks us. Um, but let me, I digress. Maybe if there's time before the end of the show, I will get to that. Um, but in any case, that was a, a, a natural disaster. And yes, the people should have left when they heard that it was coming. Um, but there's a big difference between natural disasters and disasters that are brought about by people and people's maliciousness. And that's the part that we can do something about and that we have to do something about. 
Why didn't more people get out? Part of it, as I started to say, was for denial. It's just the same kind of denial that is making you um, not worry about terrorism, not worry about another terrorist attack, uh, making you believe that it's not going to happen again or that if it does, it's just going to be some minor incident and we are prepared. I hope you're realizing now that uh, that we're not. Um, I hope the main issue there is not so much how much how prepared we are as far as fire engines and and you know police those departments are are uh, seem to be the ones that are coming in to save the day sooner than anybody else and the paramedics same thing doctors but um what we're not prepared to handle certainly this has shown us is the number of animals that people are turning into when disaster strikes and that's what we have to what we have to understand and what we have to learn to deal with before there's another disaster whether it's natural or human. Stay tuned. I'm going to be continuing my uh, politically incorrect rant um, as for the next um, segment of Dr. Carol's Couch. And I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Informative, educational, insightful. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rack and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to Stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Information you need, when you need it, voiceamerica.com. Do you have questions concerning your personal portfolio? And would you like to know where the market's going before it gets there? Then you need to tune in to Elite Masters of Trading, hosted by the Traders Coach, Robin Day, every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Robin has great ideas on how to invest, save, and make money. So become an elite trader in the market every Wednesday at 10 a.m. with the Traders Coach, Robin Dane, and Elite Masters of Trading, right here on the Voice America Radio Network. Hello, this is Rory Gray, President of Greyhound Pets of America and host of Greyhounds Made Great Pets on Voice America. Join me every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific and 2 p.m. Eastern for an insightful and enjoyable talk about one of man's best friends, the Greyhound. Learn about the history of the Greyhound, discuss proper obedience and training techniques, and find out more about the Greyhound racing industry and what they are doing to help the adoption effort of the former race dogs. If you own a Greyhound or just love dogs like I do, join me for Greyhounds Make Great Pets every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. 
Continuing to be the authority in Internet Talk Radio, you're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have questions or comments for Dr. Carol, call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now let's get back to the show. Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, continuing to uh, rant about Hurricane Katrina and its aftermath and the animals that it has turned some people into, as well as the blame that deserves to go around. It's not enough for President Bush to say he doesn't want to play the blame game. Of course he doesn't want to play because he doesn't want to lose. There's a lot to blame him for as far as what happened and what didn't happen to help the people in Louisiana and Alabama and Mississippi. We were talking before the break about um, why people didn't get out. I started talking about part of it was denial uh, and how that is just like the denial that a lot of people feel about terrorism. You don't want to think about it. You don't want to believe that it's coming. You don't want to um, think that it's something apocalyptic, the end of the world. You're too, too scared to face it. Um, but at the same time, as we should learn, one of the lessons we should learn from the people who stayed in their denial and waited for the hurricane to hit, um, obviously that is not the solution. That is not the way out. Um, denial can kill you. Also, a lot of people didn't get out uh, because of poverty. They couldn't afford bus tickets. They didn't have a car. They didn't have somebody that they could get a ride with. Um, okay. Well, first of all, some of these people, uh, there were a lot of people who looked like they were healthy enough before this happened to have been able to have walked away. We knew about this for something like at least five days. We, I was hearing about it. We were hearing about it on the um, news, certainly, for about five days at least. If some of these people would have taken um, shopping carts, knapsacks, whatever they had, the leases, uh, and, and took things that were important to them and took as much money as they had, took the money out of the bank, took as much money as they had out of their mattress, um, and just started walking. Some of the people who couldn't afford to, you know, pay for transportation at least would have gotten further away from the cities that were in the most danger, like New Orleans. Um, why, for the other people who were poor but couldn't, walk to any, any, for any appreciable distance, why didn't the city government, the state government, the federal government, why didn't they, first of all, make it mandatory for people to leave so that those people who would have been able to get out with cars or buses or trains or, or their feet would have had to leave? And for those people who honestly couldn't because they, they didn't have the wherewithal to, to even start walking, why weren't there more buses or any buses brought in before the storm actually hit? Why wasn't it arranged when we had five days or so to think about this rationally? Why wasn't it arranged then which people were going to go to which shelters in which other states? or on higher ground? Why wasn't that done when people could think about it in a more rational manner than um, now after it hit, people are dying and they're now first trying to figure out what they're going to do? I mean, it, this is just outrageous. Um, and the cost of this, um, you know, billions of dollars, we, I'm not even going to to try to attempt to estimate 
give you the latest estimates because the estimates keep going up, but billions of dollars, wouldn't it have been cheaper to organize this ahead of time in an orderly manner rather than having to spend tons of money not only in bringing people to uh, shelter and getting them food and water, but look at all the money that is essentially, that has had to be wasted. I mean, <laughs> unfortunately it was needed, but if this had been done in a more um, orderly manner, we wouldn't have had to spend as much money bringing in the troops with their guns. We wouldn't have had to spend as much money trying to prevent crime in this ravaged, uh, these ravaged states, these ravaged cities. Look at all of the time that was wasted, the money that was wasted, because people had to be um, criminals, had to be taken care of, had to be people had to be protected against them. There were there were helicopters that couldn't land to pick up victims uh, who were sitting on their roofs because other people were shooting at them. I mean, do, do you see this this absolute craziness, an absolute return to regression to primitive behavior? Um, the rescue efforts were delayed. They were made more expensive. There were more deaths, more injuries because of all these people who were preying on the other victims. Um, and because these, the, there wasn't an organization beforehand earlier on, um, now the water in all of these cities is much dirtier than it would have been before. Toxic water we're hearing about. Um, it's certainly made dirty by... Uh, and toxic to some degree by the dead bodies that are in it, by the excrement that's in it, the urine that's in it, all of these things that there wouldn't have been um, as much of if people had been uh, taken to safety earlier on and if other people didn't turn into animals. It's really very sad and very sick, and we have got to get a handle on it, not just for the current victims, but um, for future disasters that are to come, whether natural or man-made. Another sad, really sad um, set of victims are people who were too ill to be moved, people who were too weak, people who were in the hospitals. That is, has to be one of the worst places to be um, if you're going to be in any of the cities that were uh, uh, attacked by the hurricane. Um, obviously, especially since some of them didn't have generators or the generators were, were um, out because of the water, you know, people who were having surgeries, people who needed um, electricity for, for oxygen machines, for all kinds of machineries that, that you need in, when you're in hospital. Um, very, very sad, and, and of course, you know, that was one of, the sh one of the shining, just as sad as that was, that was also a spot where we saw some people who were dedicated to taking care of these patients who stayed there, who could have gone out, the doctors, the nurses, um, an administrator, or administrators, I mean, I saw one on television, I'm sure there were more. Um, what it does is, is bring out the best and the worst in people. Disasters like this, disasters that are man-made or nature-made, bring out the best and the worst in people. And it is sickening, as wonderful and beautiful it is, to see the people who are risking their life to save others. It is just repulsive and disgusting and embarrassing, humiliating. We all, <laughs> you know, it's... It's, it's embarrassing and humiliating, I feel, for the United States, but quite frankly, on a larger scale, um, it's humiliating to think that anyone in the human race could act 
the way these people did. And I'm not talking about people who were looting because, quite frankly, I can I can have tolerance for that. I can understand why when you're you don't have any food and you don't have any water and your clothes are all wet, you would go into a place, a store or a home or whatever, to take something that is probably going to get wet and destroyed in another day or two or three anyway. Um, I, I, I mean, I don't think many people or any people were, were running into stores and taking television sets out. I don't know how they could have gotten out of the city with them. What they were mainly taking was food and clothing, and, and you know, I, I just don't see how you can be angry at people uh, for that. But what you certainly can be disgusted and angry and sickened by are the people who were raping others and... Um, leaving people to die in wheelchairs instead of helping them, pushing them, moving them along. Um, that's the part that should disgust all of us and make us realize that we need to do something to um, cause, to make sure that people like that get punished, first of all, and to look into ourselves and, and think about which side we're on. Are we on the part, the, uh, the disaster made people who do their best risk their lives? Or are you someone who would um, regress to being like an animal? Part of the reason why people regressed was um, because, you know, they were they went back to jungle days. They regressed to being in a primitive state because they were scared, because they were angry that no one was coming in to help them, because they felt it was the end of the world, um, because they were living in cramped circumstances and, and experiments with rats have shown that when, which is, you know, a, a very apt metaphor, um, that when people get crowded into, uh, cramped spaces like that where there isn't enough food and, you know, they overgrow their supply of food or, or they're just put in a place where there isn't enough food and there isn't enough, um, uh, water and, and, you know, there's just, survival is the only thing that people are thinking about, it does uh, cause rats to become aggressive towards each other. And essentially, that's what we had, one big, large rat experiment where, in fact, um, too many people, way too many people became rats and became um, hungry rats who preyed on others. What is it that um, makes one person turn into that kind of a rat and other people give up their lives or risk their lives to help the others. First of all, it has to do with, uh, to some degree, how you were born. It has to do with your temperament is what is, is the name for your personality, um, your innate personality. Some people are born caring more about others, having more love to give than others, um, being more aggressive than others, um, more easily irritable, but most of it, 99% of it, comes from the kind of childhood that you had. Whether you were raised in a family where uh, you were treated with love and uh, respect, then you will know how to give love and respect. If you were raised in a family where um, you weren't taught to respect yourself or other people, then you are more vulnerable or more capable of turning into a big rat. We'll continue with this. Um, if you'd like to call in and um, give your 
opinions. I'm going to continue talking about what we can learn and why people turn into um, rescuers and other others turn into rats um, when we come back. But the number to call in if you'd like to express your opinion is 888-335-5204, 888-335-5204. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm talking today about Hurricane Katrina, what we can learn, what we must learn before there's another disaster. And um, this has been Dr. Carol's Couch, so stay tuned. Bringing the world together. You're listening to America's Voice. VoiceAmerica.com Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Are you feeling stuck in some part of your life? You might have some crust busting to do. Crust is anything that you think, feel, or believe that prevents you from living life full out. Step into the crust-free zone with me, Dr. Pat Basile, and get ready to do some serious crust busting. Join us on Thursday mornings on voiceamerica.com at 8 a.m. Pacific time for crust busting your way to an awesome life. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have a nationally known guest that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on VoiceAmerica.com. Cutting edge. Challenging. Stimulating. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. When tax time comes, are you the person that goes to your accountant with a shoebox literally full of receipts? Stop wasting your accountant's time as well as your own by organizing your finances with the help of Joe Dunphy and Poor Richard Shoebox. Heard live every Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, Poor Richard Shoebox will let you know what you can do to organize for tax time as well as how to get the most out of your retirement. So get all of your receipts together and tune in to Poor Richard Shoebox with Joe Dunphy every Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on the Voice America Radio Network. Business, sports, religion, legal, pets, entertainment. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have questions or comments for Dr. Carol, call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now let's get back to the show. Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. 
Today I'm talking to you about Hurricane Katrina, its aftermath, and what we need to learn from this disaster. Not so much the disaster from nature. There's a limit to what we can do when a hurricane like that uh, comes to our shores, but there is no limit to what we can do to try to make sure that people don't turn into animals, primitive animals uh, regressing when they are put in that kind of situation and um, instead of taking care of their fellow man, they prey on them. You know, it's very interesting to think about what is different um, in this disaster than 9-11. Now, when the World Trade Center um, was attacked, so to speak, uh, of course we didn't know, well... <laughs> There is some evidence that we did know about it or did know that some didn't know or should have known to expect something like that, but putting that aside for right now, um, we certainly didn't know that uh, well it does there's no proof I guess yet about whether we knew or the people who were in the building didn't know let's put it that way. I'm trying to avoid talking about that um, aspect of it for right now, but the people in the building certainly didn't know that uh, the trade center buildings were going to come crashing down. And why is it in that disaster, man-made, why is it that um, people responded, um, obviously I can't say every single person, but certainly there were no reports um, during the disaster of people acting in the same kinds of ways that, yes, I think there was looting, but there weren't people um, killing other people, there weren't people raping other people, um, victims helped each other. And why was that different from uh, the people who were um, acting in this primitive uh, criminal state? And I think part of the reason is that the people who were in the trade center, and of course the two planes, I mean we had heroes on, on the planes as well, but um, the people who were in the trade centers were, were there working. Um, they were, a lot of the businesses there were very high-pressured kinds of businesses. The people who were there were very um, high-pressured uh, kinds of workers, a lot of them. Um, they were people who, were, they were at work, we can say that, and they were not people who were dependent upon the government to rescue them. Now, I said at the beginning of the show that this was not going to be a PC show. Um, and, of course, my again, I'll, I'll restate that my heart goes out to the victims, to the families of the victims, to the people who are still looking for their friends and loved ones, uh, to the people who were killed, and especially the people who were killed by humans rather than the hurricane itself. But at the same time, it seems that I was talking before the break about what makes somebody um, be someone who risks their life and what makes someone be someone who um, preys on on vulnerable people. And I was starting to talk about how 99% of this has to do with um, how you are raised in childhood, whether you are taught to love, whether you are taught, whether you are loved, whether you are respected and taught to respect others, um, whether you are taught the value, uh, what the words mean, first of all, honor, dignity, courage, integrity, words like that, and to appreciate the value of these attributes. 
If you're not taught that, if you're not taught that there is a value in being honorable and being dignified and being courageous and having integrity and risking your life, putting, um, finding something that is worth dying for, which would be rescuing somebody else, if you're not taught that those things are important and you're just taught to think about yourself, and I'm not trying to say, I want to, want to put a caveat out here, I am not saying that all the people who remained in Louisiana or Alabama or Mississippi um, were bad people or were um, all dependent people, but there certainly were a number who did uh, depend upon the government for money, for welfare, for Medicaid, and who were raised in a way to think that it is okay to be dependent well, what happens if you have someone who grows up with a dependent personality and they then find themselves in a disaster? They wait to be rescued. Now, of course, we, all of us um, should expect uh, to, to have the government um, give us certain services, you know, police, fire, um, paramedics, you know, hospitals, certain things like that. I mean, there's some expectation that in a disaster... Um, we should be provided with these things. But on the other hand, if you are formed with a personality where um, you just look to other people to rescue you, whether it's because you don't have enough money, you don't have a job, so you look for the government to, to give you one, um, then you are going to be in, in worse shape um, when a disaster comes because you're going to be, feel helpless. You are going to feel as though you do not have the resources in yourself to help yourself, whether that's to walk for five days or to um, borrow money to, to get on a bus or to um, uh, figure out something else to do. Um, you're just going to be sitting there waiting to be rescued. And those people who were most dependent were the ones who were in the um, the stadiums where the people who were the worst preyed on them. So that's really something to think about, and it really tells us to whatever extent we are dependent in our lives. Um, you know, and yes, people who need people and all of that stuff, but um, the more dependent you are, particularly on the government, the more at risk you are in any disaster. Certainly Hurricane Katrina should drive that lesson home and should make people realize that uh, they need to become much more self-sufficient, much more resourceful, much more able to count on themselves rather than to just be sitting on rooftops and waiting for some, some god, you know, thinking or some parent really, thinking that the government is like a parent who's going to rescue them. Um, these are very sad and very important lessons for all of us to learn. Um, we, of course, you know, can, can appreciate all the more the people who um, give their lives, give, put themselves in professions where the professions are to serve other people, to give, to take risks, you know, like firefighters. Excuse me, like rescue workers um, of all sorts, police. But um, I think that the people who have been moved from the disaster areas uh, need to really take stock of their lives and um, realize that 
to whatever extent they were living in a way that depended upon the government, that they need to feel grateful for the chance, the second chance at life that they now have, and to make their life count for something more. Because I think, um, you know, I think that that, uh, there are lessons for all of us in the hurricane, in this disaster, Um, And the more we learn these lessons, the more the people whose lives were taken, whose lives were lost, who who became very ill, um, who were injured by what happened, at least their lives won't be in vain if we all can take the lessons that we need to learn from this disaster. And when we come back from the break, I will um, tell you about some of these lessons that I think that we need to learn Um, because it's not, no matter where you're listening from and and no matter how much you think that this disaster doesn't relate to you, there is something in there that, in fact, does touch you. And we don't know where the next uh, disaster of whatever from nature, from man, is going to strike. So I think you do need to... um, Stop being complacent, if that's indeed how you've been feeling, and learn from what we have been watching, the devastation that we have been watching um, since this hurricane began. So when we come back, um, we will talk more about what these lessons are that you can learn and um, why it is uh, or how it is that... um, which, which part of the, of the line it is that you belong on, the people who are going to be regressing um, in time of crisis to because you feel scared, because you feel angry, because you feel it's the end of the world, because no one seems to be coming to help you, or whether you're going to be able to find the strength in yourself to be able to do something about it before it gets to the point where there's very precious little for you to do. Except, you know, even at the worst of times, there was always something for the people um, in the situation to do because they could, what they, the most important thing that they could have done, uh, and yes, some of them did, but not, not enough. Uh, the most important thing that they should have been doing was to be spreading kindness from one another to each other. That's what we need more of in this world, whether it's a disaster or not. So when we come back, I'll um, tell you about some of the lessons that we all need to learn from this disaster. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Bringing the world together. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships... Check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. 
Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Go beyond success and discover a deeper meaning to life. Join host Jeffrey Gitterman and his guests, the premier thought leaders in business, politics, science, spirituality, and culture who have reached the pinnacle of financial and professional attainment in their fields only to discover a profound lack of fulfillment with what our culture defines as success. So won't you tune in every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time to Jeffrey Gitterman and Beyond Success, redefining the meaning of prosperity, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. You want the truth? Face the facts. This is voiceamerica.com. Depend on it. Hello, this is Rory Garay, President of Greyhound Pets of America and host of Greyhounds Made Great Pets on Voice America. Join me every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific and 2 p.m. Eastern for an insightful and enjoyable talk about one of man's best friends, the Greyhound. Learn about the history of the Greyhound, discuss proper obedience and training techniques, and find out more about the Greyhound racing industry and what they are doing to help the adoption effort of the former race dog. If you own a Greyhound or just love dogs like I do, join me for Greyhounds Make Great Pets every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. The world leader in Internet talk radio. radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have questions or comments for Dr. Carol, call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now let's get back to the show. Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. This is your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, ranting today about Hurricane Katrina, what went wrong, what should have happened differently. And now I'm going to tell you about the lessons that I think we can all learn from this. Uh, we obviously need to learn a lot of lessons. First of all, um, what is sickening, and, you know, there are people from other parts of the world besides America who I have heard comment about this, and it's pretty obvious and pretty sad that there were better relief efforts brought about by the federal government here uh, for Iraq and for the tsunami victims than there were for the people in the states of America who were affected by Hurricane Katrina. And you have to ask, you know, as much as Bush is saying uh, he doesn't want to play the blame game, um, certainly there is enough blame to go around here uh, to include him or to start with him and um, to go down to the government, of the, the governors of these states as well as the mayors. Uh, who should have gotten the people out earlier, who should have have made it mandatory that people leave and arranged for buses and other transportation to get them out before they were sitting on the rooftops. Um, you have to ask questions. Why did it take so long for Bush to do something? He was on vacation. He didn't leave right away. Um, he, he cut his vacation short a little, not soon enough. He should have he, sh- he shouldn't have been on vacation while this was happening. Um, you have to ask, did he want these people to die? Did he want, uh, I was talking before about how a lot of these people were poor and dependent upon the government for welfare, for Medicaid. Was this sort of a, uh, was he walking back to his office very slowly because he wanted fewer people in these poor states to be on the rolls to get welfare and Medicaid and federal funds um, so that he could have more money to spend on the war in Iraq? and to get oil and then to pay Halliburton? 
if Halliburton gets any of the money for the rebuilding, we have to have a revolt in this country. Um, and this, and I am not, uh, I'm not kidding. I'm not being facetious. Um, I mean, this is so sickening. It is bad enough that Bush arranged it so that money for the rebuilding of Iraq uh, was going to Halliburton. For the rebuilding money now in the contracts in uh, these states who need to be rebuilt, go to Hall- if one of them goes to Halliburton, we had better make a lot of noise and stop that from happening. Um, another thing that needs to happen, a lesson that needs to happen, I believe that the people need to be caught who were raping and killing and um, injuring in various ways the other victims of the hurricane. Um, these people, there, there needs to be, I mean, I know, of course, the first priority right now is, is um, getting food and shelter and, and water to the victims who are still alive, but after that or maybe perhaps while that's happening, um, we need to have people tra- rounding up, finding and rounding up the people who were these uh, primitive criminals. And they need to be harshly punished, even the death penalty for those people, certainly, who killed other people. Um, and the harshest of punishments, because it's not like, I mean, it's bad enough if you rape somebody or kill somebody or injure somebody, rob somebody in, in, in a, a normal day. But to take advantage of the people who have also lost everything, who cannot defend themselves in a crisis, Disaster like there was is just is just inhuman. It is beyond what a human um, I thought would be capable of, and not in, not in uh, 2005. They're going back to the Stone Age, and um, these people need to be very harshly punished so that uh, for the next disasters, people are aware that. Um, that this isn't what you do. I mean, of course, on a larger scale, since it starts at home uh, and childhood, obviously we need to be teaching people how to be better parents and to not abuse their children and to respect their children and teach love and teach uh, the importance and the value of dignity and courage and honor and integrity so that more people uh, don't grow up to be dependent and to think that it's okay to treat other people like that. Um, we also, one of the positive things that, come, that can come out of this is since there is going to be uh, a lot of rebuilding needed, what needs to be done is something like what happened after the Great Depression. There needs to be an organization of um, giving the people, the poor people, jobs. The people who were displaced need to be put in temporary housing and given jobs so that they can work to rebuild their city and that they're not on um, federal aid, and they're not continuing their cycle of dependence, and um, they can feel better about themselves. They can feel get some self-worth because they are doing something valuable for their community. That's what needs to happen, and their lives need to be shaken up and not just taken care of in some other state who will pay for them, uh, their food and their shelter and, and everything uh, forever, but um, they need to get job training. They need to be helped to be put back on their feet so that they can earn money themselves 
rather than continue their cycle of dependence. And, of course, I know that not all the people who are the disaster victims um, are dependents upon the state. But, you know, of course, it, it divided out the people who were able to afford to get out. Um, most of them got out, went out, the people who could afford to stay in hotels uh, or who had relatives in other states and had a car and, and, you know, had more means to be able to, to save themselves, they got out. So, yes, the majority of the people who were left were the poor people. Um, obviously, we also need to learn the lesson to be better prepared. There's been an incredible amount of uh, too many cooks spoiling the broth. The mayor of New Orleans was outraged about that several days ago early on, that he, you know, the attempts that he was making to try to help um, things fix things in his city, albeit a little too little too late, still they were hampered by too many different organizations um, trying to do their thing and getting in the way of other things. For example, I know um, there have been stories of doctors who went there to try to help who weren't allowed in for some because of some red tape snafu. There were people who were donating clothes who couldn't get the clothes to the people. The people weren't the clothes weren't being distributed to the people for some other kind of administrative snafu. And I don't know. There was something about the Red Cross regarding that, um, uh, where for some reason they were people were told to put their clothes down in the basement so that the victims couldn't see it. I, I don't know all of the details with that, but I just know that there have been many stories similar to that where um, where a lot of the things that are being donated haven't gotten through. And that obviously, obviously we need to get our act together um, because and to break through the denial that this isn't going to happen, that there's not going to be another 9-11 or another terrorist attack. And we had better be better prepared when there is. Um, another positive effect of this is that um, a lot of help is coming in. Americans are helping their fellow Americans, and there is help coming in from all around the world, uh, money to the various organizations and, and um, donations of all different kinds. And we just have to keep these things coming, obviously. Um, also, people offering to bring the uh, victims into their homes in other states. But, you know, it's going to be just a total mess in other states unless these people are given more than temporary shelter, food, and clothing and water. What they need are jobs. They need, um, some of them may need education to be able to get um, jobs. Um, some of them can, can take um can handle construction jobs and the kind of physical, do the kind of physical labor that it's going to, to take to rebuild these cities. I mean, you know, it, this could be in the end, um, for the people who survived, it could be a really positive thing, a, a way to change their life, look at their life differently, and do something much more positive, um, with it. And, and as these towns and cities are, are rebuilt, um, that is what needs to happen. It doesn't, the contract should not be going to companies like Halliburton, but it should be going to an organized um, labor force. If somebody has to take some kind of central, federal, state control so that people are given jobs um, to rebuild their cities. And um, we just have a couple of minutes left, and, and just let me briefly tell you about Gaia. Gaia is the idea. It's an ancient philosophy, um, an Indian philosophy um, uh, that um, 
I don't mean uh, in the country India, I mean Indian, um, that um, that nature is a living, breathing thing that responds to how we human beings act. Um, that, in fact, nature brings us disasters when nature is angry at how we are treating it, how we are polluting the waters, how we are cutting down trees, how the environment, uh, since Bush got in the White House, has been devastated. And, you know, I know some of you will put this in the same uh, category as my talking about vampires, but um, but there is more, um, there has been, you know, this is this is an ancient philosophy, and what we do need to take from it, whether you believe in it or not or think it's just hokey, um, certainly it does bear looking at that our climates are changing, you know, um, uh, whether you want to call it the greenhouse effect or whatever, we're getting worse kinds of, of natural disasters, and we need to look at what we may be doing to, be make, to make Mother Nature angry and how we are using up and spoiling nature, cutting down trees, as I said, and doing all kinds of other things to devastate our beautiful lands. And um, that's happening all over the world, and it's happening because of greed. The same kinds of reasons <laughs> that some of the marauders were uh, doing what they were doing. You know, there isn't that much difference. Think about that. How much difference is there between someone who is raping and pillaging in a, na- in a natural disaster uh, and the companies who are raping and pillaging Mother Nature? This has been Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And um, I may not be PC, but I hope I've given you a lot to think about. I'll talk to you all again next week, next Tuesday, from 1 to 2 Pacific Standard Time on voiceamerica.com. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.